Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing this Labor Day weekend? I hope you're all doing well. Well, today, September 1st, marks the one-year anniversary of the Silver Spoons podcast. I cannot believe it. It's been a year, and seriously, so much has happened in my life in this last year. With my dad, you know, having cancer, with him passing away. I really owe this podcast a lot. Because it really, honestly helped me deal with this. It gave me something to put my mind on. So I wasn't always worrying about my dad. And I wasn't always, you know, constantly crying all the time. It just it, it helped me to cope, basically. So... And I can't believe, you know, this month we're going to finish season three. That means there's two seasons left of the show to cover. And what I'm going to do, if you've been listening to the podcast lately, you'll know my plan is I am going to pick up season four of Silver Spoons in January. In the meantime, we will get an one episode for season three. From season three in October, it's going to be a Halloween-ish type of episode. We have a two-part Thanksgiving episode that will be going up probably the week of Thanksgiving. Also, we have a Christmas episode that will be going up most likely the week of December. Along with a bunch of other things that I have planned for the month of December. I think there's a couple movies I might cover. Um, What was the... A Dog Named Christmas, which is a Hallmark movie, and it's based on a book series. It's really, really good. I love it so much. Um, Also, I'm thinking of covering the movie Stepmom, because even though the main focus isn't around Christmas time, but that's kind of where the movie ends, and it does kind of cover, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and, and it's just such a heartwarming film, along with other, you know, some other stuff I want to do. Definitely, I'm going to get to all the Christmas Full House Christmas episodes and one of Fuller House. As far as the new season of Fuller House goes, I am going to watch it myself and then I'll go back and maybe cover the first episode and then later on do the other episodes and stuff like that. But with my plate being pretty full, I'm not going to be able to cover it all right away. So, but that being said... Let me tell you what this episode of Silver Spoons is going to be about. Looks like we're shifting the focus from Rick to Alfonso this time. This is season three, episode 19, entitled, the. it's basically called Trouble with Words. This episode aired on February 24th, 1985. And the synopsis courtesy of IMDb goes like this. When Alfonso is not doing well in school, Dex thinks he is spending too much time on his dancing, because you know Alfonso loves to dance. And when Alfonso's grades don't improve, Dex forbids 
Alfonso from entering a dance competition. But Bruce Jenner, who we all now know as Caitlyn Jenner, I am going to actually just refer to her as former Bruce Jenner. It's just going to make the episode go a lot more easier. Um, so Bruce Jenner is trying to, he's trying out some exercise equipment Edward has developed. Thinks he knows what Alfonso's problem, what in the world? Thinks he knows what Alfonso's problem is. I'm sorry, I accidentally hit something and... So this episode's got a 6.8, which is less, it's lower than what the other past couple episodes. It's got a 6.8 out of 10. We have, it says, it's listed on IMDb as Caitlyn Jenner himself as Bruce Jenner in quotations. Okay. This episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duklin, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Bob Eels, Eels, James R. Stein. Story, Marvin Hemmelfarb, H-I-M-E-L-F-A-R-B. Ben Starr, the creator, Martin Cohen, also the creator, and Howard Leeds, also the creator. Oh my goodness, this guy. These are a writing team. It is getting warm up here. Um, I actually just moved my stuff up here because it's September, and I know eventually it is going to start to get cooler downstairs. So I'm like, why not? I had to move all my clothes up off of this table and put my laptop, my portable DVD player, my mouse, my microphone up. Now I have the fun chore of putting these shirts on hangers. Hey, Lund. No, you don't need to be eating Quinn's cat food. Oh, my goodness. Lund, no, no, Lundy, no. Oh, my goodness. Sweetie, no, baby. No, baby, baby, baby. Thank you. My London rabbit, he was eating on a Quinn's food dish. Rabbits enjoying cat food, I will never understand that. Alright, let's say hey to some listeners for the week. We have Barcelona, Spain, Reno, Nevada, Brentwood, Hollywood, Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, I believe. Hartville, Westville, Orangeville. See, when I do it on my phone, it doesn't list the states, though. So, Northumberland, Yorba Linda, Portage, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's a regular one. Uh, Clinton, Chevy Chase, okay. Bellflower, Chicago, Jackson, Oak Ridge, Cambridge, Canada, Hampshire, Malaysia, Corona, Portland, New York, Randolph, Footscray, Footscray, Australia, San Jose del Monte, Philippines, Canada, Tokyo, Japan, St. Louis, Panama, Kingston, Jamaica, and St. Priest in Juarez, France. So, thank you all for listening. Thank you for the regulars listening. I'm hoping you're enjoying the podcast. Like I said, I've been enjoying doing this for the last year. And we've really, you know, seen Rick grow up, you know, his relationship with his dad, with Kate, now that she's his stepmom. So we'll see, going into season four, how that's going to affect their relationship. We've seen 
Uh, Evelyn, come back a few times already since season one. Every once in a while she'll make an appearance. I think she'll make a couple more appearances in season four and season five. I think season four she like lives with them at one point because she loses all her money. Surprise side. <laughs> okay. Thought you knew how to balance your money a little better than that, Evelyn. <laughs> Would you blow it on this time? Um, which just seems surprising because she does not seem the type that would just magically go broke. But I guess, as they say, suspension of disbelief, right? I don't know. You know, and even we've lost some friends along the way. Derek left. Um, we still have Freddie JT is gone, which honestly, he and JT and Derek were not that much different from each other other than the fact that JT talked with a southern Texas twang and had this big giant belt buckle, wore cowboy boots and jeans wherever he went. So it's like, yeah, you're clearly originally from Texas. You know, Rick had friends that dealt with abuse, alcoholic fathers. You know, he and his friends watched a pornographic film at the end of season one. You know, Rick moved out at one point. You know, he's becoming, he's now a teenager. And him and his dad are still going to be at odds on some things. Rick wants independence, wants freedom, does not want to be treated like a little kid. We've seen that. And it's going to be interesting because Rick is now in high school. Eventually, he's going to get his driver's license. How's that going to look? Eventually, he's going to be seriously dating girls. Eventually, there's probably going to be talk about... Rick wanting to be intimate with a girl and Edward having to sit him down and give him, you know, the sex talk and just whether or not he does, you know, and just if you're going to, then use protection. I don't know. This is an 80s sitcom, guys. I don't know. Does, do, do they go that far in the 80s with saying you're gonna be having relations with your significant other? Use protection and be safe. I don't think they do. There is an episode, I think, in season, late in season four, or season five, where Ricky has a girl in his bedroom. Mind you, they didn't do anything, but they get caught having fallen asleep. I have not seen any episodes, you know, when I first started this. I'd only seen a handful of episodes of season one. And season two through three through the rest of the series, guys, I don't know what is going to happen going forward. I really, really don't. The only episode that really sticks out in my mind, I think, is from season four, the Sweet Sixteen episode, where Rick has... And it's the same girl from a previous episode in season two, when the girls play the Dine and Dash game with uh, Freddy and Rick, Ricky, Ricky at the time. And this girl reappears as a different character, but just as a snotty snob. And we got a sweet girl. I remember because the girl makes a comment about the, I guess, homely-ish looking girl that accidentally gets invited to Rick's birthday party. She says, oh, would she wear a shower curtain for a dress or something? And the only reason I remember that is because I watched that episode on a rerun when I was like 10 or 11 years old. So, also, I want to let you know, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for jump, jumping aboard this train. I apologize in advance. There are a couple times I've forgotten my train rating. Um, but if you want to follow along with the podcast, you can do so at... So, you can go along and follow and like 
the Facebook page. Together, we're going to find our way on our special Silver Spoons podcast. You can also follow along on the Punky Power podcast Facebook page as well. I just had a giveaway for... I gave away two copies of Season 1 of Silver Spoons. So I want to definitely thank Maria and Jennifer for being the winners of those. And there will be other giveaways down the road. I do have something planned for November just in time for the Christmas season. I will not tell you what that is yet, though yet. So, Jeremy just informed me that I need to, instead of saying thank you, I need to congratulate the winners, not thank them. So, <laughs> congratulations, Jennifer and Maria, on winning the two, the season one sets of Silver Spoons. Where would I be without my husband correcting me, right? <laughs> uh, also on Instagram, you can follow along at Silver Spoons Podcast or Punky Power PB Podcast. You can even email the podcast at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to talk about Punky Brewster, you can send me an email at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. All right, I'm ready to jump into this episode. I'm kind of wondering where they're going to go with Alfonso because the title is Trouble with Words. So I'm wondering if maybe Alfonso may have dyslexia or he may be like ADD, like he has issues painted, you know, keeping attention in class and stuff like that. Or I'm not sure, but like I said, I've not seen these episodes going forward since season two and onward so it's gonna be a surprise to me how we uh we see this it may not even be that big of a deal so it may not be as serious as i'm thinking it could be so we'll find out together though all right let's jump into this episode so the episode opens in Rick's room. Rick and Alfonso are doing homework. Well, more like Rick is doing homework. And Alfonso is just pretending to bounce a f- basketball by using a paper, piece of paper. And Rick's like, look, Alfonso, it's cool that you want to come over here and we do homework together. But do you realize that half the time we don't actually do homework? So I'm guessing they're doing book reports Rick's doing one on all the president's men and Alfonso is supposed to be doing a book report on Moby Dick but Alfonso's just jazzed because Bruce Jenner is going to be making an appearance at the Stratton house Swings wide two seconds one second he puts up a sky hook from 40 feet Hey, and hits a spectator in the head. <laughs> Alfonso, I know every time I get together to study, we never actually study. But I have to finish with the report on all the president's men. Where are you with Moby Dick? Rick Bruce Jenner, a big Olympic champion, is going to be at this house any minute. I just can't concentrate on a book about a big white fish with an attitude problem. <laughs> Mrs. Schlemmerwine thinks you have an attitude problem. If your book report isn't in by tomorrow, it will seriously affect your overall grade. <laughs> Why is a stupid book report so important? That talent contest is what's important. Do you know who's going to be in the audience? Freddie's mother's cousin's sister-in-law's husband. Right. And he's an agent all the way from Hollywood. Freddie says he represents Charo, you know? Gucci, Gucci! 
Do you know what I just wrote? At the height of the Watergate scandal, President Nixon proclaimed, I am not a coochie coochie. <laughs> <laughs> We learn a bit about uh, Alfonso's problems with books. I guess he's not a fan of reading. He's more preoccupied about meeting Bruce Jenner and the fact that Freddie's got a relative of some kind that's going to be at this competition dance thing that it's someone from Hollywood who represents Charo. And then we see um, Rick do an impression of Richard Nixon as he does the uh, the two peace signs. So yes, we've definitely found out that Alfonso's not into homework, not into reading, not into doing any of that stuff. He's so consumed by his dancing and meeting Bruce Jenner that nothing will sway him to read Moby Dick and do his book report. Now we move downstairs to Eddie Toy's exercise stuff. It's called exercise stuff, really. You gotta come up with something better than that, Edward. Come on. Wow, he's got his whole living room set up like a workout gym. He's got a weight bench. He's got a bunch of weights. He's got a little mini trampoline. I'm not sure what that device over there does. Looks like something you do like a, a pull-up on or something like that. And Edward's wearing a suit, so clearly you know he means he's doing something businessy because he's wearing a suit. Somebody important is going to come over. He wants to look good. But then again, if you run a business, you probably want to look good when you're meeting possible investors. Still got that door opener. Still got that door opener. Three seasons later. I swear there have been times they've actually physically opened the door with their own hand. I swear they have. I mean, when you're like 10 feet away from the door, of course you don't want to walk all the way over there and open the door. Just use, I mean, you got the door opener device, right? Right. I'm like, okay, we're good to meet. Oh, it's just Dexter. <laughs> As Edward's also disappointed, he says, you're not Bruce Jenner. Like, of course he's not Bruce Jenner. You're not Bruce Jenner, and you're not Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> well, what do you think? Well, looks suitably athletic. <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Jenner will be proud to lend his name to this equipment. Oh, I hope so. I'm real happy with the way it came out. <laughs> come on, Dex, give it a whirl. I can't get an adequate bounce and wing tips. Ah, oh, come on, come on, come on. Don't be so stodgy all your life. Come on. Up down, let's go. Hey! How's that feel, huh? Now I know what it feels like to be popcorn. Come here. Gravity boots? Okay. Just give me a hand up here. Push from here. Huh. Oh, that's good. All right. Okay. Okay. How's he going to get down? The blood's going to be rushing to his head. I want the trampoline on the scene. Nice shoes. Yours too. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, I'm uh, headed. Yeah. What's going on up Crap. Get him down. Wait a minute. Wait, nothing. Alfonso's supposed to be doing his book report, not listening to some wretched clatter. So Edward gets Dexter on the trampoline, and he's like, no, I don't like this. Mm. But Ed Edward's just excited, like, oh, we get to try all these cool things, these cool exercise equipment. And we got these, Edward puts on these locking, they're not boats, they're like, almost like ankle weights. They're supposed to connect to this high bar, and then you just swing from it. I thought there was, like, some type of method that, like, grab anti-gravity boots or something that you hang from, like, your doorway, and then it's supposed to help something. I don't know. Well, it makes me think of that Simpsons episode with, um, I think it's season two, Simpson and Delilah, where Homer wants, you know, he wants hair. He wants to grow hair on his head because he really doesn't have much. So he's got the anti-gravity boots, which he hangs from the ceiling on a bar and just uses the uh, scalp massager and stuff like that. But that's what the... Oh, also Son-in-Law, where um, the character Crawl is hanging from, like, those gravity boots from the ceiling when um, the main character, uh, Rebecca's father, since Crawl is a residential advisor for that dorm... He's like, I need a screwdriver. <laughs> Which also a screwdriver, apparently it's also an alcoholic drink. So, but even still, it's like, that's how we meet Crawl, upside down. But Edward's like, all right, I've had enough of this. Like, here, Dexter, help me. And all of a sudden we hear this music blaring from upstairs. He's like, is that Alfonso? He's supposed to be working on his book report, not listening to music. So Dexter heads upstairs to Rick's room to scream at Alfonso about why he's not getting his book report done. You know, that's not really, not going to be effective yelling at Alfonso and saying, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that until it gets done. I mean, it might be effective, but you're only going to have Alfonso resent you that much more and say something like, you're not my father or something. Do we get that? Because I bet we'd get that at some point. This always seems like a thing between somebody who's with someone who's not a parent will eventually get angry and shout, You're not my parent. You can't tell me what to do or something like that. <laughs> Alfonso, how do you explain this dancing? Well, I was doing a triple time step followed by a double loop. <laughs> I've had it with you, flippancy boy. Come over here. Let me tell you a little thing. In the six months you have been in my charge, I have received I don't know how many notices from your teachers. Alfonso doesn't pay attention. Alfonso doesn't do his homework. Alfonso hasn't read the required material. What gets me is these are the same teachers that tell you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say law. <laughs> hey, we needed a break. All work. No play. You haven't been Makes working, period. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, all play and no work make Alfonso a dancing dunce. Look, I was just showing Rick my latest move for the school talent contest. You better start concentrating more on your studies than on some talent contest, battle. But I can be a great dancer. <laughs> Do you know what an average dancer earns? Bupkis. 
I have a hunch this bump kiss is even less than diddly squat. <laughs> You're a stuffins, man. You come from a tradition of accomplishment and, and academic excellence. What about Uncle Mo? He's the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> Now get to work. Okay, okay. And show a little enthusiasm. Listen, work hard, and when Bruce Jenner gets here, we'll take a little break, okay? Change your Bruce Jenner. Great time. <laughs> Yeah, Dex heads upstairs. He's like trying to turn the stereo off. Like, how do you? Because it looks like a stereo that you just hit a button and turn it off. Well, it's more complicated than, than that. Dexter finally gives up and says, "Can one of you please turn this off?" So Alfonso goes over and hits a button on a different device. And we learn that Alfonso has been living with Dexter for six months. And Dexter is constantly getting letters home saying that Alfonso is not focusing in class. He's not doing his work. He shows no enthusiasm when it comes to being in class and participating. It's like, what is going on? And Alfonso says, well, there's a big dance competition coming up and I want to get ready for that. And Dexter tells Alfonso, it's like, he doesn't say you're not going, but he's like, you need to sit down and focus on your work and stop thinking about dance. He even says, you want to know what dancers make? Next to nothing. So like, unless he's trying out for the Chippendale dancers or I don't know what other dance competition, big ones were back there. Soul Train. That was the 70s, though. Um... Dance Dance Revolution, I think that was just a video game, right? One of the popular dance moves of the 80s, break dancing. Alright, let's see here. What are the best dance songs of the 80s? Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson, Take On Me by Aha, Billie Jean, Michael Jackson, The Way You Make Me Feel, Michael Jackson, Into the Groove my, by Madonna. Let's see here, what else we got? I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Blue Monday by New Order. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by Eurythmics. 1999 by Prince. Thriller. Michael Jackson. Definitely. Um, that movie 13 going on 30 has a... Has a bunch of characters dancing to that song. Like doing a choreograph, like the, the dance moves and everything. Maniac, there's one by Michael Cimbello. Alright, let's see. We got another one, Bites of Dust, Lombada, Flashdance, What a Feeling, You Keep Me Hanging On by Kim Wilde, Gloria, The Safety Dance, The Reflex, Footloose, I Don't Want Your Love, Everybody, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Let's Groove, Tainted Love, I'll Tumble for Ya, Holiday, Let It Whip. I love rock and roll, new attitudes, something about you, here comes the rain again, Venus, girls just want to have fun, I ran so far away by a flock of seagulls, wow, there's a lot of them here, whoa, super freak, spotlight, how will I know, cars, relax, Frankie goes to Hollywood, cold hearted, don't rush me, papa don't preach, chance to dance. Physical. All right, that's enough. We, we're getting, oh my gosh, 
Rock the Casbah. Oh, yeah. So Dexter says, sit down, study. When Bruce Jenner gets here, you can come hang out. Of course, we hear this rumbling, this car pulling up to the house. And Ricky is, like, right out the window. Oh, my God, it's Bruce Jenner! And they both, like, all right, break time. Boom, they're out the door. And Dexter just shakes his fists in the air, like, ah! This kid is going to drive me to an early grave. If not, give me gray hairs. Poor Edward is still stuck. Like, get him down. I bet Bruce Jenner is going to get him down. Kate is with Bruce Jenner, so I guess she had to, like, pick him up or something. I don't remember, because I grew up, you know, I was born in 82, and I, I'd heard of the name Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner, and I'd probably seen him in commercials or whatever. I wasn't really big on the Olympics as a kid either, so... This will be the first time hearing Bruce Jenner as Bruce Jenner, because now it's basically all been about, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, and I might have watched a little bit of her reality show, I Am Kate. Is it I Am Caitlyn or I Am Kate? But I watch a few minutes and I'm like, meh. Reality shows, ugh, I don't know. Jeremy actually got me into Chris Lee Knows Best, like, a couple years ago, and I just read something about them, like, whatever's going on with them. I'm like, no, not the Chrisleys! Something about tax evasion or something, tax fraud, I don't know. I'm like, no! Oh. But anyway, um, yeah, so let's hear Bruce Jenner. I'm so excited! Kate's hair is starting to grow a little bit longer, not too, too much, but I'm sure her hair is going to go back to being longer, like, in season four and five. <laughs> Hello. Uh, this is my husband, Edward Stratton III. He likes to, uh, hang out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice to meet you. Oh, thank you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Are you stuck? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Boy, is my face red. I'll say. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Ooh, uh, oh. Yeah, your legs are going to be dead for a bit. <laughs> oh, next time I think I'll read the directions first. <laughs> Jenner, I'd like you to meet Dexter Stuffins. <laughs> Not Dexter, the Barefoot Breeze Stuffins. You've heard of me? <laughs> Actually, uh, my triumphs on the Harvard track team were insignificant. But what a, an honor to be known by a world-class athlete like yourself. <laughs> Actually, I mentioned your nickname to Bruce in the car. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rick Stratton. Nice to meet you, Rick. Same here, Mr. Jenner. I'm glad to see you stay in shape after the Olympics. I mean, you didn't flab out. <laughs> well, I, uh, I still throw an occasional javelin or two. Speaking of javelins, my name is Alfonso Spears, Mr. Jim. <laughs> hey, how come you're not wearing your gold medal? Oh, come on, Alfonso. Well, he wouldn't wear a medal like that all the time. <laughs> well, actually, I did for a couple of years. But you see, every time I go to the beach, I get this big white circle right there on my chest. <laughs> believe these kids. They've been so excited ever since I told them you were coming. Yeah, I, you didn't. 
bring the metal, did you? Mm. Took a shot. <laughs> Those 67 Olympics must have been real exciting. Well, they were, but give me a break, Alfonso. It was 76, not 67. Oh. Yeah, you're putting them up there, but... I guess buddy. one I read it was 67. Well... Well, I, I think Bruce would know, Alfonso. He was <laughs> there, after all. Sure. Now, is it Richard or Rick? To Rick. My best pal in the whole world. The inspiration for all my victories. Okay, Rick. Easy, buddy. human being. How about, uh, best wishes? I'll take it. Yeah, just... Yeah. Well, we'd love to spend all day aimlessly chit-chatting, but we got to get to dinner, guys. Yeah. Come, Bruce. See you later. Uh, aren't you guys gonna come with us? Nah. They don't want us around while they're buttering you up. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you probably have rather have the kids there. Alfonso, <laughs> come up here a minute. I don't want any fooling around. I want that report by tomorrow morning or else you won't be able to compete in that talent contest. Comprende? Figured he'd be giving him an ultimatum. What a grouch. Hey, Rick, how about a quick game of Pac-Man? Aren't you worried about your book report? I'll finish it. Somehow. It's just that I can't get into it right now. Look, do you want There's to talk There's a reason it? behind it. You can't read it. I'll give you some help. Do you think I need help? Well, sometimes when I'm stuck on something, it helps to talk it over with somebody. Who says I need your help? I can do this report myself. Then do it! I know you can do it yourself. Then why did you offer? I don't know. Especially now. It's because you think I'm stupid, isn't it? No! I don't understand this conversation. Maybe I'm so stupid you can't even understand me. What's with all the stupid stuff? I think you're one of the smartest guys I know. That's not funny! Why are you so mad? I said you were smart. I know what you really think, so you don't have to lie to me. Alfonso, I, I don't need you. I don't need any of this. The hell, Alfonso? Wow, that escalated, didn't it? Ugh. <laughs> Kate comes in with Bruce. Let's go back a minute. She comes in with Bruce. And they help Edward get down. And of course, he's been hanging upside down for a bit. So you imagine all that blood is like going to his head. He's going to be dizzy. His legs are probably numb. So yeah, so you're going to want to hang out on the couch for a hot second to the blood goes from your head back down to your legs. <laughs> Yikes. So this is the first mention of Kate calling, referring to Edward as her husband, because they just got married like two episodes ago, so. Yeah. And I was surprised, you know, um, Bruce Jenner's voice is kind of, it's not a, like a high octave, like, it's, it's kind of like, nice and medium and and even you know soft a nice a nice voice so kate introduces dexter to bruce and bruce is like not dexter the barefoot breeze stuffings and kate of course had kind of been telling bruce about dexter's track days so Dexter's a little bit embarrassed. Like, okay, did you have to really say that? <laughs> oh, so Dexter actually thought Bruce had just heard of him from his Harbor track days. It's like, it's such an honor to be known by an uh, Olympic athlete as yourself. Or a world-class athlete. And that's when Kate reveals, like, I actually told Bruce your nickname in the car on the way over here. <laughs> kind of bursting Dexter's bubble.
So Rick introduces himself, saying, "Hey, I'm Rick Stratton. I'm glad to see that you stayed in shape, uh, you know, since the Olympics." He's like, "Yeah, you didn't flab out." Well, who's to say that some do? I mean, I'm sure they still want to keep up that, you know, physique and everything. Especially if even after you're done with the Olympics, you're still probably going to be asked to do certain publicity things if you want to do that and everything, and you don't want to let yourself go. So Bruce says that uh, on occasion he still throws javelins, and Alfonso uses this opening as, speaking of javelins, my name's Alfonso Spears. Like, oh, I just got it. <laughs> it took me to say, oh, that's right, javelin, Spears, I get it. So Alfonso's asking, why aren't you wearing your medal, your Olympic medal? And Kate kind of laughs, like, oh, Alfonso, he shouldn't be expected to wear his medal all the time. But Bruce admits, like, yeah, for the first couple of years I wore it, like, all the time. But when I went to the beach, it would always be this, like, round, like, circle on my chest afterwards. Basically, he'd probably get a tan and wear that um, gold medal was. It would probably be, like, an uh, area that's not tanned. Kind of like if you leave something in the yard... And then, you know, covering a spot in the yard, and then later on you go to, like, pull it up. Like, one of those above-ground pools, and you, like, move it out of the way, and you find out, like, all the grass underneath is, like, dead and warped. So even the adults, Edward wants to see this metal. Like, oh, you didn't happen to, you know, bring it, did you? And, of course, Bruce just kind of looks at Edward like, uh, no, I didn't bring it with me. <laughs> so, yeah, the adults are starstruck. The kids are starstruck. This is the first Olympic athlete they probably met. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, Alfonso says, wow, those 67 Olympics must have been real exciting. And Bruce kind of corrects him, like, it was actually 76. Not 60, not, uh, 66 or 67. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Oh, I think I may have it. I might have it. Alfonso says 76. Oh, Alfonso says 66. Seven Olympics, and Bruce corrects me, it was actually 76. Okay, I honestly, I am believing that Dexter is dyslexic. The fact that he got the numbers switched around. It's not like he said, like, 66 or something else. No, it, I honestly think that he may be dyslexic. Because of the way that he blows up at Rick later. It's like, my goodness. I think that... Well, because Alfonso says, I swore I read it as 67. So Rick's like, I'm sure that Bruce would know Alfonso. He was there. So Rick says, hey, can you sign this? Of course he starts in like, can you sign it to Rick? He... Rick's just got all this adoration towards Bruce, and he goes a bit overboard. I like how Bruce asks, like, is it Richard or Rick? And Rick says, it's Rick. He's, Rick starts reciting how he wants Bruce to write it. To my best pal in the whole world. The inspiration for all my victories. A great human being. Like, um, you know what, how about just best wishes? Will that suffice? Okay. 
I'm not writing all of this down. <laughs> Makes me think of uh, the Full House episode where DJ and Kimmy in season one meet Stacy Q. It's like, oh, just sign it to DJ. The girl who you will... You think of as a sister, and who you'll take, you'll think when you like get a Grammy and this and that. And Stacey Q just looks at DJ like, You've got to be kidding me. I'm not writing any of that, sweetie, just to DJ. Okay. So Dexter reminds, you know, Bruce and Kate and Edward, like, we do have a dinner reservation we need to meet. And starts ushering them out the door. And Bruce turns and says, oh, aren't you kids coming with us? And it's almost like a plea. Like, please, I don't want to be stuck with these adults. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get me to endorse their equipment or sponsor their equipment or something. It's like, please come with. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Those kids aren't going to be there. Sorry, Bruce. Granted, of course, before Dexter leaves... He does say, Alfonso, come here. I want to talk to you. You're going to get that book report done or you are not going to compete in that dance competition. It's your choice. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a talent contest. So Dexter leaves and Alfonso's like, ugh, what a grouch. So Rick starts going towards the stairs, but Alfonso goes into the living room to say, hey, let's play some Pac-Man. So Rick's like, well, are you going to finish your book report? And Alfonso says, I'll finish it somehow. And he's like, I can't get into it right now. So Rick's like, hey, you want to talk about it? I read Moby Dick. I can give you some help. And right away, Alfonso's hackles are raised. Like, what do you mean by help, exactly? Like, do you think I need help? And Rick's like, no, I mean, I just thought, you know, sometimes when I'm stuck on something, I just, you know, it helps to talk with another person about it. And Rick's being a good friend here, but Alfonso, of course, is just taking offense to it. Like, oh, do you think I'm stupid or something? That I can't do it on my own? So poor Rick is just trying to, like, dude, I'm just trying to help you, man. Like, if you don't want my help, fine. Now I'm regretting even offering it. But Alfonso's turning this around like it's like, oh, maybe I'm so stupid that you can't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth and everything. It's like, dude, he never said any of that. Now you're twisting his words around or you're putting words in his mouth that he never said. You don't want the help? Fine. You don't have to have it. But don't take whatever's going on with you out on me. Yeah, that just came out of left field. It's like, dude, what is going on? And Rick's like, dude, I don't think you're stupid. I think you're one of the smartest guys that I know. And Alfonso's just, like, sticking a finger, you know, pointing Rick's chest. And he's like, I don't need this. I don't need you. And he just runs out of the house. It's like, okay, that was, uh, there's a lot going on in that anger. Um, and that outburst, definitely want to dissect that. Is this just so unlike Alfonso? But then again... It seems like he always gets angry, screams at somebody, and runs off, and then comes back later and apologizes, so he's clearly got a problem. I mean, you don't blow up at somebody just because you're putting off a book report or because you don't want to do your schoolwork. You're not going to say, oh, I'm not stupid! I don't know. It's just, man, Alfonso. I mean, I honestly think, I think it's dyslexia. The way he got 
67 and 76 mixed up. And he's like, I swear I read it as 67. So. And poor Rick just feels bad. He's like, oh, man. What did I say? Hey, Rick, you didn't do anything. This is all Alfonso and him dealing with whatever he's going through. So I'm guessing this is later that night because Edward's still dressed in a suit. Rick's still dressed in his gray sweater. So Edward's like, well, where's Alfonso? Because Dexter's waiting to take him home. And Rick says, well, he went home already. So Edward goes over to the window and just opens the window, shouts out to Dexter, hey, Alfonso went home already. And Rick's like, oh no, here's this book, and tosses it out the window as Edward says, Dexter, watch out for the farm splash. Like, oh boy. You're tossing a book out into the dark. Well, I'm sure he's got to have, like, spotlights or something out there for, for people to be able to see where they're going. So they throw a towel out the window at Dexter, and he's like, thanks a lot. It's like, yeah, well... You need to give that book to Dexter. Alfonso's not going to use it. So they were able to get Bruce Jenner to sign off on, well, not so much sign off, but check out the Eddie Toys home equipment. And if Bruce Jenner likes it, because he's going to come over and test it out, if he likes it, he will sign off on it and he'll be like a spokesperson or a sponsor or somebody. I mean, if you get the uh, an Olympus name on these products, they're going to sell like hotcakes. So Rick's not that enthused about Bruce Jenner coming over. And Edward's like, wow, hold down that enthusiasm, Rick. And Rick just says, look, Alfonso's angry at me because of something I said. And Edward's like, well, what did you say? Rick says, well, I called him smart. Or, I told him he was smart. And Edward's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. That's not like Alfonso to blow up at you or anyone. Okay, so Edward's like, well, maybe it was just the way you said it. It's like, I don't see how anyone can take offense to someone calling them smart. Like, don't call me that. Like, no. It's a good thing. But then again, maybe Edward thinks that... Alfonso took it out of context, or who knows? I mean, he wasn't there, so he's immediately just assuming maybe you said it the wrong way or something, and Alfonso took offense to that. So, Edward thinks of it, like, remember when I wore that pheasant sweater, and you said, nice sweater, <laughs> and Rick's like, yeah, but I didn't say you're smart. <laughs> so... Rick is leaving a smidge out of this, like, about him offering his help and Alfonso taking offense to that. He's leaving that out. You might want to, like, bring that up. Because right now it just seems like your dad is saying, oh, well, Rick, what you said, or maybe the way you said it just wasn't a good thing. I was like, no, you need to add more deets to this story here, Rick. And maybe your dad might actually be able to understand it more and be able to help you through this problem without you leaving out important details. So Rick sits on the edge of his bed and Edward sits down next to him and Edward does a banging impression of Dexter like to a T man. <laughs> it's the accent right and everything. So I'm gonna play this clip. Oh wait a minute there oh I want to say there's a I'm not sure what that band is behind, just above the head, Rick's headboard. 
Not sure what that is. It looks like a, maybe not a hair metal band, but, and they look like ladies, so, Eurythmics maybe? Oh, well, I was wrong, sorry. I'm sure we'll find out eventually. <laughs> Try to control your enthusiasm. Something bothering you? Fonza got mad at me for something I said. What'd you say? You said he was smart. Huh. <laughs> I'll tell you, Dad. Sometimes you try to be nice, and you end up with... Bupkiss. <laughs> well, maybe it's the way you said it. You remember when I wore that sweater with the pheasant on the front, and you said to me, Nice sweater! <laughs> but, Dad, I didn't say you're smart. <laughs> I said you're smart. And I really think he is smart. I know what happened, just got mad and stormed out. <laughs> Uh, you know, Dexter's been driving him pretty hard lately. Today in the car, he said to me, Edward, that boy is an academic disaster. You just can't concentrate. I offered him with a schoolwork, but he wouldn't let me. I don't know what to do. Well, you know, sometimes all you can do for a friend is understand what he's going through. I think Alfonso is probably just going through that rebellious stage, seeking his own identity, away from Dexter. You're right. Good night, son. Where are you going? Well, I thought I'd grab a sandwich. Maybe catch some TV. Forget it. It's bedtime. Yeah, but Dad, I'm in that rebellious age. Seeking my own identity? <laughs> Seek it in bed. <laughs> I found it! It's Banana Rama. It's a. <laughs> I had to just like watch the episode um, play out as we get the camera pulling back enough to see that it's Banana Rama. So yeah, Edward does. Like I said, he does a great impression of Dexter. Says how Dexter's worried that Alfonso is not committed to his studies. How he's just driving him up the wall. And Edward kind of chalks it up to maybe, like, a rebellious stage. And Rick just says, like, I, I offered to help him, and he just, like... But, you know, Alfonso blew up at him, and, you know, he's not... And it's it sucks for Rick, because he's just trying to be a good friend. It's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help him. And Edward says, well, maybe the best thing is just to kind of back off and just let him do his own thing, figure this out his own way. I mean, and neither one of them are even thinking, I clued in. I got that. Because the fact that it's called, the episode's called The Trouble, or Trouble with Words, I'm like, there's something more serious here. There's got to be, because this whole thing of him shrugging off the work and saying, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. It's just like, no, there's a reason why he is struggling. So Everett gets up off the bed, starts to head off the door, like, all right, good night, Rick. And Rick starts following his dad, and his dad's like, where are you going? Rick's like, well, I was thinking of getting a sandwich and, like, watching some TV. And Everett's like, it's bedtime. You need to be in bed. And Rick's like, yeah, but I'm, like, testing out my rebellious side. Or this stage, this rebellious stage. 
And I was like, well, you can test out that in bed. Good night. Edward even chalks it up to maybe Alfonso seeking his own identity away from Dexter. Like, here's another reason maybe he's not into schoolwork or not willing to buckle down and hit the books and this. And maybe he's just it's a rebellious side. He's trying to form his own identity. He's finding himself. It's like, uh, you're really reaching there, Edward. He's like, yeah, Dad, I'm seeking my uh, identity and my rebellious side. It's like, no, 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 no. Because Edward even points to his wristwatch. Like, it's probably after 10 o'clock. Get your butt in bed, little 14-year-old. I mean, heck, my bedtime was like, what, 9 o'clock, 9.30 tops? Granted, that's because my dad had to get up at like 5 a.m. And he didn't want me making noise around the house. So it's the next day. Edward and Kate are at the desk in the living room. Dexter's there. Rick comes in from outside and says, Hey, Bruce is testing the equipment and he showed me how to shot put. And Kate's like, Well, how'd you do? And Rick says, Well, I didn't throw it really straight. You know that statue of the lady holding the basket? And Edward's like, Yeah. Like, where are you going with this? Edward's like, Well, now it looks like the lady is panhandling. <laughs> So Rick's like, look, I'm going to head off to school right now. I guess Alfonso isn't going to school. And Dexter says, no, actually, after, you know, Edward's in my talk, I held my temper in and just, Alfonso's doing it. He's writing the book report. He stayed up all night. So we hear a crash from outside. It's the discus that Bruce is trying out. And Edward runs out there, hey, don't worry, Bruce, I got it. And... Edward, like, does, like, three turns, and then he just swoosh. And I'm sure that same statue is now obliterated. Oh, no. Edward comes in and says, well, now she's a headless panhandler. <laughs> All right, here we get Alfonso. He's got his book report. Let's see how this is going to go, because after the blow-up from Alfonso, I'm sure that he and Rick probably weren't speaking to each other. Hi, Alfonso. Sorry I got so mad last night. Okay, we did okay, big jerk face. <laughs> I knew you'd understand, horse breath. <laughs> I hate sticky sentimentality. I do too, buffalo brain. <laughs> we better get to school. Yeah. See you. Bye. Oh, uh, hold a minute. <laughs> I believe uh, you've forgotten something. Forgotten something? <laughs> oh yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> reports. May I see it? Don't you trust me? Of course I trust you. Give me the reports. <laughs> what is it, a page? <laughs> this is it? One page? <laughs> Gettysburg address was short. <laughs> Even though Lincoln wrote that address in the back of an envelope while riding on a bouncing train, his handwriting had to be better than this. Let's hope the content is acceptable. Moby Dick saw a very good book. No, that's Moby Dick was a good book. You have saw. Moby Dick was a very good book about a sea captain named Ahab who saw this large white whale he had to catch, which is sorta like the battle between Dab and Goob. <laughs> no, that should be the battle between bad and good. That's a very good point. That's what this book is about. 
This paper is atrocious. Now, Dex. No, 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 no. Don't, don't defend him, Edward. You're always defending him. <laughs> he can't go on like this. When are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? You've shown an utter lack of discipline. I did the best I could. Ah. Listen, you can't enter that talent contest. No way. Do that to me, Uncle Dexter. I wanted to write a good book report, but I just couldn't. I don't know what's the matter with me. I get so frustrated, I just have to give up. I couldn't even read the book. Words get all mixed up. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I'm stupid. I can't do anything right. All I can do right is dance. Oh, buddy. Oh, Alfonso. School problem. Well, I understand. If you found the equipment uh, satisfactory, we have the contracts for you to sign. Yeah, please, mm -hmm. here, sit here. <coughs> Is this Alfonso's paper? Yes. Do you mind if I take a look at it? It's a trifle embarrassing. Has your nephew ever been tested for a learning disability? No, 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 no. I don't think that's the problem. Although when he break dances, he does do a lot of spinning in his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say for sure, but there are certain signs here. Look at how his handwriting is all cramped. His B's and D's are mixed up. Look at this E. It's backwards. And you remember yesterday when he reversed 76 and 67? Yep. Well, that is nothing more than a lack of concentration. Dexter. Well, I can't be positive. But it looks like to me, Alfonso may have dyslexia. Dyslexia? Isn't that where you can't read? Yeah, where you see everything backwards. No, it's not exactly like that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dexter, don't make this about you. If he can't read, he'll never accomplish anything. He'll end up being one of those poor, desperate people who live their lives out of shopping carts. Oh, Dexter, how dare you. <laughs> so, Alfonso's ready to go to school, but Dexter stops him and says, Hey, where's your book report? I want to see it. It's basically just one page, and Dexter does start reading it. And you notice that the word saw is supposed to be was. And there are some other things there, too. <clears throat> Dexter just chalks it up to just, this kid does not care about his schoolwork. And my heart broke for Alfonso. Um, Alfonso Ribeiro, excuse me, um, is it Ribeiro? Oh, please, Alfonso, um, Spears, excuse me, um, that kid acted his, his butt off. He... Nailed it. He knocked it out of the park. My goodness. That broke my heart. The fact that, I mean, Dexter, you know, they had an agreement, just said, you gotta do this book report, then you'll be able to do the talent competition. He says, that's it. You're not going to. I expected better of you than this. All you gave me was a page of this gobbledygook, and just, no, you're not gonna, that's that. And he just, Dexter goes off the rails and just yells at, at Alfonso. It's like, that's not, 
there's a bigger issue here. And even Alfonso saying, I just, I tried to read the book. I tried and I just couldn't. And meanwhile, while Alfonso was there saying, y'all, I'm just stupid. And I really tried to read this book, but I couldn't. You see in the background, Bruce is coming in and he's witnessing this. Alfonso just says, all I can do is dance. And he runs upstairs. So Bruce sits down at the table. They have the contract for him to sign for the equipment, the exercise equipment. And he looks at Alfonso's paper and he's just like noticing, like you see a glimpse of the page and just the writing is just scribble scratch. I mean, you can make out some of the words and stuff, but he does say, see how the words are kind of messed up here with saw is supposed to be was and how, and he, Bruce brings up the fact that remember when Alfonso said 67 and I said it was actually 76, he just mixed the numbers up. And he's like, has Dexter, excuse me, to Dexter he asks, has Alfonso ever been tested before? And Alfonso's like, oh, no, no, it's not that. He doesn't need to be tested. He's just, you know, being a teenager, he just doesn't want to do the work. And Bruce is like, well, no, I think just by judging, you know, what I'm, reading here and the fact that Alfonso said he couldn't read the book I think that Alfonso may have dyslexia and it broke my heart I knew that's where that was going when I first heard this at first I'm like oh it's just a <laughs> but then I went back listened to it again and I'm like okay no I get it and I really I don't like Dexter. I get that he's trying to do his best. He's had Alfonso for six months. He's trying his best to raise him to be, you know, a good student, you know, for his sister. He's trying to do right by his sister and everything like that. And I get that. But the fact he's like, oh, no, he can't read. He's going to wind up like a shopping bag person living in a grocery cart or something to that effect. I'm like, Dexter, what is wrong with you? Seriously. And I'm wondering if maybe Bruce could be familiar with dyslexia. Maybe he himself has dealt with it or seen other people, either kids like he, or people he's trained with, maybe. But he's familiar with what dyslexia, dyslexia sounds like and what it looks like. Or he uh, may win a gold medal at the Olympics. <laughs> You have dyslexia? Well, I am dyslexic. You never really outgrow it. With a lot of hard work, you can overcome it. Then this hope? <laughs> oh, of course. If I could get Alfonso to put as much energy into his studies as he does into his dancing. Alfonso's good at dancing. He's radical. <laughs> well, then I would encourage him to do more. It'll give him that self-confidence and success that he needs to feel good about himself. I mean, that's what sports did for me. I guess I'm going to school now. Alfonso, come here a minute. What did I do now? Nothing. Listen, Alfonso, there may be a reason why you haven't been able to concentrate in your schoolwork. 
Mr. Janice seems to think you might have a learning disability. It's called dyslexia. You mean there's something wrong with my brain? <laughs> no. No, your brain works fine. And your eyes work fine. But it seems like somewhere along the line, the word seems to get all mixed up. Yeah, exactly. You know how I know that? How? I've got the same problem. And Mr. Jenner's life turned out pretty good. Well, there's a lot better examples than me. People like Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci, Hans Christian Andersen. Wow. And I thought I was just stupid. <laughs> no, buddy, you're not stupid. How do you fix it, Mr. Jenner? First, you get some special help at school. But it's going to be tough, Alfonso. Tougher than your dancing, because your dancing comes natural to you. Just like sports did for me. <laughs> And you get the cheer of the crowd, and you get encouragement from your friends. But when you're working on your reading and writing, there's no cheering crowds when you finish a paragraph. You have to find all that strength from down deep inside. Well, if dyslexia is good enough for you, it's good enough for me. All right. Thanks, Mr. Jim. All right. Listen, if you three can proceed without me, I'm going to take Alfonso to his guidance counselor. Uh, Bruce, thank you very much, my friend. Hey, uh, Dex, aren't you forgetting something? Yeah, come on. You gotta let Alfonso win. If you don't, you know who's gonna win? Bernice Broder playing Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go using spoons and water glasses. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. <laughs> Alfonso, I hereby rescind my former edicts. You can go to the talent contest. Yeah. Yay! Cool. Oh, let's go to school. See you later. Bye. So while Dexter's crying on the couch, making it all about him, and what what a failure that Alfonso's gonna grow up to live out of a shopping cart, well, Bruce comes over and says, well, or he may win a gold medal in the Olympics or something like that. So Bruce says that he has dyslexia, and it's not something that you outgrow. Eventually, you know, you have to become accommodated to learning a certain way. Alfonso and Rick come downstairs like, oh, we're going to finally come and go to school finally. And Alfonso, uh, Dexter says, hey, Alfonso, come over here. And Alfonso thinks he's going to be yelled at. Like, what did I do now? And he's like, no, you didn't do anything. And Al Dexter says, Alfonso, I think you may have a learning disability. And I like that they call it that. Like, he's not stupid. <laughs> and Dexter tells him, like, you may have dyslexia. Of course, Alfonso's, like, touching his head, like, oh, you mean there's something wrong with my brain? It's like, oh, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with his brain. It's just, it's wired a little differently than those of other people that can can read normally, which is not a bad thing. It just means that, you know, he's going to have to work a bit harder. It might take longer to be able to finish a page or, or however and take longer on his schoolwork, but there are resources to help him be able to, to do this. And luckily, Dexter says we're going to go to school so we can speak to Dexter's guidance counselor. So at least that way it's like, yes, get him the help that he's going to need. Let the teachers know, like... Alfonso is not slacking off on his work. He's just having difficulty. And the fact that even this, if uh, that Alfonso, you know, with having difficulty and everything like that, 
that he's probably handing in work, right? None of the teachers have been tipped off by actually looking at the work, whether or not they even read it. They probably just like, oh, this is bad, F, you get an F, you get a D. Like, no. So Edward says, you had dyslexia to Bruce, and Bruce says, well, I am dyslexic. And he says that you never really outgrow it, and you probably don't. And Bruce adds, just like, with a lot of hard work, you can overcome it, and you can read normally. It just takes a lot of hard work. So Dexter says, if I could get Alfonso to put as much work into his schoolwork as he puts into his dancing, and Bruce is like, Alfonso dances? Really? And Kate says, oh, you should see him. It's so amazing. He's so good. Oh, she says it's rat. He's radical. Like, oh yeah, he's he's dying good. So I like that Bruce is like, yeah, you should encourage him to keep doing that with the dancing and everything, and it'll give him the self confidence that he needs. And also, you know, that's what sports did for me. So I like that. Yeah, in a way, dancing can be an outlet. You know, you can get your frustrations out. You can, you know, mentally work through your. Pro- it's just it's. Like, dancing can be, like, a release. So, I like how Bruce Jenner, because Alfonso's worried there's something wrong with his brain. And and Bruce says, well, no, your brain works fine, and your eyes work fine. And he's like, somewhere along the line, it seems like the words get mixed up. And Alfonso's like, yeah! And Bruce is like, you want to know how I know that? I had the same problem. And I like that this is, it's nice that Alfonso can relate to somebody who who's older, who's, especially, you know, someone famous, you know, and Bruce even lists some people, famous people, that had dyslexia. But it's just, in a way, and it also makes Alfonso feel like he's not the only one that has it, that he's not the only one going through this problem. And I like how Edward adds how Mr. Jenner's life turned out pretty good. So Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, Leo, Leonardo da Vinci, and Hans Christian Andersen. You know, whenever someone starts with Leonardo, I always figure they're going to end in DiCaprio. And Alfonso's like, wow, and I just, I thought I was just stupid. It's like, no, buddy, you're not stupid. There's even a story on Glee. I thought they'd started with the character Sam, who had joined the cast in season two, with him being a little dyslexic, but they dropped it. But um, there's another one, a character named Ryder, I think, from season five of Glee? Or four or five? One of them. Where he was, his grades were suffering because he was dyslexic. Where it's just like you drop this bomb of a character having a difficult problem and you don't explore it. You just, like, oh, he's got this. We're not going to talk about it after this. Or we might mention it in passing, but it's like, mmm. So Rick's like, hey, how do you fix him, Mr. Jenner? And Bruce tells Alfonso, it's like, first, you got to get some help at school. You know, let your guidance counselor know, let your teachers know that you're suffering from this, and then that way they can help make adjustments for you. And I like how he says, it's going to be tough, Alfonso, tougher than your dancing, because dancing actually comes natural to you. It's interesting how he says, you know, something that comes natural to you that's as easy as breathing with your dancing is just... The fact that he would really have to work hard at 
at this with, um, you know, reading and stuff. But it's like, once he conquers that, dude, your grades are going to soar. They are going to be amazing. But what stinks is, Alfonso's, what, 13? I thought he was, like, a year younger than Rick. So this whole time, but then again, hasn't he kind of been homeschooled around traveling with his mom? So his mother never knew that he had dyslexia. Most people, it just seems like back in the in the 80s and stuff, maybe it was either hard to diagnose it or people just chalked it up to, oh, they just don't want to learn. So I like how Bruce also mentions with sports and stuff for him, you know, the cheering of your friends and the crowd and just them congratulating you and that enthusiasm really helps pump you up. But the thing is, there's no one there to cheer for you when you're working on your writing and reading. And when you finish a paragraph, it's like, that's all coming from, you know, right here. As Bruce points to, you know, Alfonso's chest, like, that's that's all you. It's like, you gotta be your own, you gotta be your own cheer team. You gotta be the one to keep pushing yourself and just saying you can do it. You've accomplished this so far and just, just keep going. And Alfonso says, well, if dyslexia is good enough for you, then it's good enough for me. It's like, yeah, but Bruce didn't ask to be dyslexic. <laughs> but at least Alfonso knows, you know, he's found another person that also is going through what he's gone through. And the fact that, you know, Bruce Jenner has made a shining star of himself, you know, back then with the athleticism and stuff, he's a role model for other kids that have dyslexia, so they don't feel alone. It's like, this guy went and did amazing things, you know, with his life, with the Olympics and everything like that, so. <laughs> so Dexter decides to take Alfonso to school and speak to the guidance counselor. However, Kate and Edward are like, um, remember about the dance competition? Like, come on, you let him go. And luckily, El uh, Dexter says, Alfonso, you can compete in the dance competition. Aww. Alright, here's a list of 20 famous people that have dyslexia. Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, Cher, Aaron Brockovich, Agatha Christie, Kiera Knightley, Tim Tebow, Orlando Bloom, Whoopi Goldberg, Gwen Stefani, Jamie Oliver, Billy Bob Thornton, Selma Hayek, the late Robin Williams, Caitlyn Jenner, Keanu Reeves, Jennifer Aniston, Jay Leno. So I find something that is a, a device for uh, helping dyslexics. There are essentially two kinds of electronic pens that can serve as assistive technology for dyslexia. Scanning pens and recording pens. And it's important to understand the difference before we discuss brand. Okay. Scanning pens help with the reading of hard copy text such as books, newspapers, and magazines. So I'm looking on Amazon for some of these things like a, a reader pen and these things are not cheap. A C pen reader is $250. Um, let's see what else. There's something else here. Um, scanner, air pen, scanner, or scan marker, digital highlighter, and reader, wireless, $119. 
So, I mean, there are devices out there to help you out. I want to see what other shows might have tackled things like that. I know Punky Brewster definitely did. It was in season four called The Reading Game, where Cherry's cousin Paula had come over for a visit. Only Punky discovers that Paula can't read, like, hardly at all. And when her brother drinks laundry detergent or dish soap under the kitchen sink... She has to try to read uh, what it says on the back of the bottle to a 911 operator, and she can't. Luckily, Punky and Cherry arrive just in time to take over and help out. There's also an episode of Mr. Belvedere, I think for maybe season five. Season five or six, where Wesley helps a student who cannot read. Ten movie and TV characters with dyslexia. Theo Huxtable. I remember that! Because then Theo becomes a teacher and he discovers one of his students has dyslexia. Donna Martin from Beverly Hills 90210. Jordan Catalano from My So-Called Life. I remember that! I used to watch um, My So-Called Life. I remember, okay, Pearl Harbor, the movie that came out in, like, 2001, uh, Ben Affleck's character, Rafe McCauley, also had dyslexia when he was going in, you know, where they gotta read the letters on the, the sign and everything like that. Um, his friend Danny made him kind of a little cheat sheet to look at while he was reciting them. Um, Max from George Lopez. Now, I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, but it says Christina Yang. Matt Parkman in the show Heroes. A literary character! That's right! Percy Jackson! What turns out he thinks is dyslexia actually is his brain working overtime. Because he knows um, Greek and stuff like that. A character named Cece Jones in Shake It Up, who's played by Bella Thorne. Ryder Lynn in Glee. Okay, so it's last night. Gotcha, gotcha. Season four. So Ryder's a football player who Finn spots and convinces him to audition for Greece. Ryder has dyslexia and has had to work extra hard to do well in school, but he's hidden his struggles from his parents. Gotcha. Good for him. I want to see real quick. I know Percy Jackson, but I want to see if there are any fictional characters. There's got to be fictional characters other than Percy Jackson that suffer from dyslexia. All right. First up, we have Percy Jackson. Then we have Fish in a Tree by Linda Mullally Hunt. In Fish in a Tree, 6th grader Ellie Nicholson is clever at hiding her reading and writing issues. How? She acts out in class and creates distractions so people won't figure out what's going on. But with the help of her teacher, Mr. Daniels, Ellie discovers that she has dyslexia. She gets the support she needs and her self-confidence skyrockets. My name is Brain... Brian. Alright. Brian thinks he's dumb. It doesn't help that kids laugh when he reads aloud and writes on the board at school, but Brian's sixth grade teacher notices him reversing the letters of his name. That makes her suspect he has dyslexia, and she's right. All right, let's see. 
Clementine by Sarah Pennybacker. Let's see. Right. Okay. Oh, also characters that have ADHD. Got you. All right. Playing Tyler. So this also doesn't just refer to dyslexia, but also characters that have Oh, this one is The Alphabet War, A Story About Dyslexia. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Thank You, Mr. Faulkner by Patricia Polacco. Excuse me. <laughs> I think that's, that's, oh, seven book characters. Gotcha. I definitely have to say, since this episode aired in 1985, that there have been a lot of advances in helping those that suffer from dyslexia. So, my Silver Spoon's rating for this episode is definitely going to be... I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. I'm only knocking off one train. So, 4 out of 5 trains. Because of Dexter's attitude. I get he's frustrated. He's been having to, you know, raise Alfonso for the last six months. And just Alfonso is not cutting it in school. And I just, I like the message. I like, you know, Bruce Jenner was a guest star. And he helped Alfonso. And I, I mean, I like the signs were there if you picked up on them early on, like I did with the 67 and 76. I like that, you know, Rick being a good friend, he's trying to help his friend, but Alfonso just is just coming off as Rick thinking that he's stupid. You know, this is a very sensitive issue that people are going to take offense. Like, what do you need, mean that I need help? I don't need your help. I can do the work. It just takes me longer or something. It's like Alfonso is clearly trying to deny the fact that there is something seriously wrong. He's just, he's scared. He doesn't want to admit it. But, you know, Bruce Jenner comes on. And not only he does he help Alfonso, but he helps Dexter to understand that this is something that can be worked on. That you can work through this. And it's going to take you a long time, but... The, the reward is just endless at the end of the day. And you have to be your own champion. You have to be your own encourager to keep you motivated. And Rick's there. He'll motivate you. He'll pump you up when you're feeling down, Alfonso. He'll do it. Because that's what friends do. They help each other through difficult times. They give you the support you need and just to help pump you back up when you're feeling low. Like, you can do it. You can do it. So that's why I just, I like this episode. I just like that it's a very good message. And kids today still struggle with this. But I would like to hope that teachers are more with, every, you know, not just dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, you know, other types of learning disabilities and stuff. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. I know back in, the, back in the day, it just seems like these kids who either couldn't read or had difficulty reading, the teachers would just pass them on to the next grade. And it's just, that's going to get a lot harder as you enter high school. If you want to go to college, you need to get the resources you need 
to be able to work through this. So, yeah. All around good episode, good good message, good scene from Alfonso just broke my heart, made me want to cry. Just him like, don't take this away from me, Uncle Dexter, please. I really want this. It's just, I can't read. I'm just stupid. It's like, buddy, you are not stupid. You just need help and you're going to get that help. All right, so next week we're going to have a little bit of a lighthearted episode. with well, season three, episode 20, entitled Hot Shot. Hot shot. <laughs> March 3rd, 1985 is when it aired. A pair of scallywags, scallywags who wrote this, <laughs> used Rick and their scam to sell faulty cameras. This episode's got a 6.8. Uh, Nate returns. Um, Roy McGuire is played by Pat McCormick. Not sure who that is. Al Butler played by Paul Williams. So are they the guys that uh, sell the cameras, I wonder? Um, we get this girl back again? No, I don't want to remove from my favorites. Dang it. No, I don't want to rate IMDb. Oh, my gosh. This girl. This girl. Hold on a second. So is she a reoccurring character? I thought she was just, but it says she's in two episodes. What's going on here? I thought, okay, she, she's in Mr. Cool. Well, hold on a second. Something's not right here. Yeah, because she was Elaine in, wasn't she? Maybe I'm thinking of a different girl. Yeah, I must be thinking of a, di yeah, not Beth, but the, uh, the other one. What's her face? She played Elaine. Dooley in um, season two of Growing Pains. So, yeah, I'm thinking of a different... Okay, okay, gotcha. It's okay now. It's okay. <laughs> it straightened it out. But, yeah, we get to look forward to a fun, semi-goofy Rick Learns a Lesson, lesson episode because this episode here was all about Alfonso. So, all right. I hope you all have a wonderful Labor Day. You guys have a... Good week. Enjoy that it's going to be fall this month. And we could just pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice, everything pumpkin spice, right? I know. I'm sure a lot of you are like, I hate pumpkin spice. I hate it. No, I, I, I like it. I can bring it on. Yeah. Summer's coming to an end. It's not officially over until the 23rd of September, but it's, it's getting there. It's getting there. Then we got to deal with the dreaded winter. Ew. <laughs> all right everybody have a great weekend like i said just a great week it's monday so i'll be back next week with hot shot <laughs>